Here it is, episode three, Revenge of the Rich Rod. We'll see. Coming up soon, subscribe on iTunes to Desert League or hit anchor.fm slash desert dash league. Here we are. It's episode three of Desert League, Return of the Rich Rod. We'll see. Hey, I'm Ward Andrews here with Sean Fitzpatrick. And Sean, how are you doing down south in Tucson? Hey, I'm doing well, Ward, down here in the South Bureau of the Desert League. Just uh, ready and raring to go for, for college football season. Yeah, we already had some games this week. Uh, and then we've got a big one coming up in just college football in general. It looks like it's Alabama, FSU, uh, SEC, ACC rival. Who do you have in that game, Sean? Um, I I have a hard time picking against Nick Saban, and uh, he uh, he tends to have his boys ready. Although uh, it would be nice to see. Um, even if somebody loses or whoever loses that game still being in the hunt, I get a little tired of all the talk around if you win or if you lose one game, then suddenly you're out of the national championship picture. So hopefully there's a little more parity. And after Alabama wins, it's not just, okay, (laughs) let's just talk about them the rest of the year. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So do you think Alabama will be affected at all with their receivers coach, Billy Napier coming over to ASU? to run the offense for uh, Graham? Well, I think that's that's the beauty of, uh, you know, Nick Saban's program. You just kind of plug and play uh, people in. So, uh, you know, that's not to, not to say anything against uh, the, the transition. It's, it's just like a, a factory wherever, wherever he goes, you know, it's kind of like, uh, kind of like what, what Ohio state is doing too, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, well, let's just jump right into the Wildcats. I mean, here it is. This is just such a weird team for me because, really, I've written the program off at this point, which probably means they'll surprise us. Um, I didn't even read any preseason hype. I wasn't following the forums and message boards over the summer. Uh, But there's this, like, weird, quiet confidence, and I don't know if that's just stupidity or if there's something to it but a lot of people feel like Arizona has the right guys in the right positions and that they could sneak up on people. Gosh, it just sounds like I hear that all the time, but we're hearing that again. What's the word down there, Sean? Well, I, I have to say that uh, like you, you know, up until this point, I've been pretty underwhelmed and kind of facing my, you know, Arizona football season as a, as a ritual of duty rather than a ritual of passion. I've been on, I've been on the U of A football uh, stat crew for, I think this, this streak right here is probably around 10 years or so. And then after, you know, being away in Texas before that was about another 10 years before that. And so I'm a firm believer that you've got to stand behind your team, uh, you know, through the, through the tough years as well as the good years. So I'm committed to to being there on the stat crew, even if, uh, if it's painful, but I have to say, and I did, I did spend some time um, uh, buying a newspaper and reading the Arizona daily stars football preview. 
And uh, they're giving me a little bit of hope. There's some, you know, there's some really great writing in there. So I'd, I'd give a shout out to, uh, you know, Greg Hansen, the rest of the star sports staff. Uh, I, I have to say that, uh, you know, after reading more background beyond just the positions and, and some of the background, there, there are a couple storylines that, that would make anybody want to root for these guys. And I think just cause for it. And, uh, the the first one is the uh, the amount of um, confidence in walk-ons and freshmen and kind of like that wildcat spirit, which is really embodied with bringing in Chuck Cecil, um, all Arizona everything, the the yeah. epitome of walk-on gods, you know, being part of the Arizona program. The fact that Rich Rod, you know, basically started his career, you know, a West Virginia coal miner's son got a, you know, got into football as a walk on and then, you know, wrote his own story. So there's, there's a passion story there. There's a, there's a grinded out, you know, we're going to have more guts than anybody else story. That's great. And, and another great storyline is just this kind of odd, you know, band of misfits um, that you've got of people from all different walks of life from the, South African who, you know, couldn't even, uh, didn't even know how to put on football pads because he came here to throw the discus, you know, to uh, a guy who, uh, you know, our third string quarterback who's 26 years old and coming back with a wife and three kids and basically uh, tried to make it as a major league baseball player. You know, this could be like uh, a a storyline right out of the replacements or major league and, it could be a really fun story if, if things go their way. And after last year with some really bad luck, I think the Wildcats are due for some good luck, especially uh, luck of the schedule is in their favor with missing uh, both Washington and Stanford this year. So who knows? Yeah, seriously. I mean, you can – I see people making cases for seven or eight wins, and I've been like, no, 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 no. Like – our our goal our high our ceiling is bowl eligible six and six, but then you start looking at the fact that you are missing the Stanford as Washington, that's interesting. Uh, this other thing is they really do have all their running backs in place and they're healthy. Now again, that's the start of the season, and uh, I think sometimes we break down more easily than others because we've got small guys. But um, Nick and JJ in the background, those guys are really fast they're you know nick's a bigger back he's good i I like what they can do and uh it comes down to me can can the passes be made because if rich rod's passing game can get off the ground if they can get moving it opens up the qb sneaks the zone read stuff the running back stuff like it all seems to work but only if they can get that passing attack going on offense Oh yeah, I mean, I, without a doubt, and I mean, just think, I mean, Dawkins, you know, was Arizona's leading rusher last year. The Wildcats led the conference in rushing, and that was, you know, despite having literally no passing game. I mean, when the Wildcats, right. you know, put the beat down on the Sun Devils, it was it was basically we're just going to line up and and knock you off the line, which is which is great. But just think of what'll happen. Even even if Dawkins can just complete some some play action passes, 
you know, was just crossing patterns over the middle and not, you know, throw it into the end zone like he was. You know, he, he's got a gun, but he just needs to, like, put that thing under, you know, under control and get it more focused. And that it sounds Absolutely. like maybe he's headed in that direction. Yeah, that's all, all signs, all the right things are being said in camp, for sure. But we do have to remember last year, Arizona ran, I think, three running plays over and over again in the second half. I think they only had three passing plays the whole second half. Destroyed ASU, racked up over 500 yards of rushing offense. That was the first time the backfield really got going. And, of course, Arizona's secondary was terrible. So there is some potential there. I give them that. I give them that. Well, yeah, and, and after um, – and it, it, it's hard to say that you can carry momentum over from the last game of the season. But, you know, prior to that, eight consecutive losses – I mean, at least at least the returners are coming back in with with victory, you know, with a taste of victory in their mouth, and some confidence after that that ASU game. But you know, it's a little hard to kind of maintain that high through a through a long off season. You have to start all yeah. over again, especially with with a whole bunch of new guys, you know, being between freshmen and walk-ons, and you know, and hopefully some incredible coaching. Uh, and the defense really is going to need to to step up this year because uh, yeah. if, if, it, if it's just a shootout, it's just not going to work. No. But really, Rich, historically, Rich Rod's teams, if they can mail in any semblance of defense, they win a lot of games. And so that's really yeah. that's what's interesting. Well, and, and, the, and the thing to really look for is are we going to – are we going to find somebody who can pressure the ball on defense? You know, there's a, there's a lot of hype around this. Uh, we have to say uh, fields, the second <laughs> fields two. Uh, you know, the, the, the freshman coming in and coming around the end and maybe, uh, you know, maybe that's going to be uh, where we're going to get some pressure. And, you know, the, the depth charts were released today and it looks like we're going to have uh, four freshmen starting on defense, which, um, they're all they're all really highly touted, but I think it's it's good that we're starting out with you know someone like NAU. You know, you kind of ease them into it because you know that the the new kids on the block are going to make some mistakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rod Rodriguez had some nice things to say about Fields too. Tony Fields, he said that uh, he should be able to help them early. That he's physically, laterally, and mentally ready to go. That he's every he's got everything it takes to be a big time player, so I thought that was good. And then he was talking about the safeties, Troy and Scotty Young, and he basically said they're going to play as much as we can get them out there. Um, you know, he says that they're going to be problems for other offenses based on how they play, and they were well evaluated by their the coaching staff. So we'll see. I mean, it sounds good. It's just weird positivity, and we'll just see what plays out when the season starts here. Yeah, the bigger thing is is what how how does the team respond when the first adversity hits? And more importantly, you know, I think I think Arizona really needs to come out of the gate and and t- maybe you know, take a chapter from from Sean Miller's uh teams where if you play your game, you don't you don't play down to the level of the team, you know, no no uh no aspersions on NAU, but um, that's a, it's a prime opportunity to maybe you know get some kinks out here in the in the first half of the first game, but really get into a rhythm 
and and not just sneak you know sneak out a win, but but make it definitive. Yep. Yep, that sounds good. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to say about the Lumberjacks. They're largely stacked with uh, Arizona high school talent. They don't have a lot of standouts that I'm aware of. Um, you know, a lot of them are small. When you look at their roster, you're looking for a guy that's over six foot. You've got a six four wide receiver in Emmanuel Butler, but other than that, you got a lot of five nine, five ten, six zero guys, and you know those are uh, inflated numbers. Uh, <laughs> they got a they got a tall cornerback that's a freshman that's six three, but if you just look down that line, it's a lot of small dudes, and uh, I don't know, maybe if Arizona's smack fast small dudes are against lumberjacks kind of average small dudes uh looks like arizona will be okay yeah i think again it's it's a it's a it's a typical you know nau arizona game which i think is good for the you know to keep the in-state rivalry and keep things going but um if if arizona is doing its job it really shouldn't it really shouldn't be a contest yeah. Yeah. So before we switch over to ASU football, we have to go into the design portion of our program. And, uh, Arizona, <laughs> Absolutely. Arizona has new jerseys again. And uh, I can just hear the committee designing these jerseys. Okay. So last, they've had, they've been the victim of sort of this odd experiment that Nike tried. And again, I love Nike's design, but this was kind of a uh, kind of out there on the fringe. They've been playing around with gradients the last few years. They had gradients on the sleeves. They even had gradients in the numbers, which made the numbers pretty much unreadable. Yeah, um, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have something to say on that after you do your intro here. <laughs> yeah, and so that's not gonna work. And they went away from that. But what's funny is you could just see it where somebody says, "All right, all right, guys, I got some notes here. They say the numbers are too small and they're hard to read." So we got to fix that. And uh, here's another note where they said that they liked the USS Arizona jerseys with those really funky big numbers. So come on, designers, what can you do? And the designers are sitting there in the back going, okay, I'm going to make these numbers super big, like weird big, and they're going to be kind of this funky blocky type experiment that I threw away, but I'm going to bring it back and I'm going to try it on Arizona's jerseys. So when you see these things, the numbers are massive. So if Rich Rod says, hey, hit him in the numbers, it's not going to be a problem. Because if he he hits the player's jersey, he's going to hit the numbers. Well, as far as the design conversation, I think then we get into the – the functional versus the aesthetic because the average age for a football stat crew who are charged with, you know, making the decisions and where this most importantly comes in for all these football players is in participation because this, this comes in uh, handy as far as determining who gets a letter, you know, who doesn't get a letter. And so one of the one of the most overlooked statistical elements, at least I think um, from a fan's perspective, that that really affects the players is participation. 
And so there, there are two people in, on the stack crew whose job is just to look for players shuttling in and out. And essentially, if a player and, – and the majority of these players will never have a statistic in the game, especially if you've got offensive linemen, et cetera. It's not a st- statistical thing. So the only stats you really get are, did you play a down in the game? And I will tell you that last year, and again, keep in mind that the average age for uh, college football stat crew is going to probably, I'm exaggerating, is going to probably be around 60 years old. Um, and I, I suspect for everyone in college football, um, you know, as to say, it's, it's, uh, it's up there in age. And even with binoculars, and even if you were 20 years old, those, those jerseys last year were impossible to read and especially impossible for guys who are trying to track participation. So I think there's an argument for, hey, if you go ugly but, you know, sacrifice the aesthetics, it makes the game a lot easier to track and you have a lot less confusion about, okay, who gets a letter, who doesn't get a letter, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So these numbers are big, but they're easy to read. They're super easy to read. Again, I swear a designer said, okay, I'm going to make the gaps. I'm going to make the I and the nine really big. I'm going to make the spacing in the three massive. I'm going to make the, the gaps here huge. Like, I swear they said, I'm going to make the most huge readable numbers of all time. Like, like somebody did it to spite somebody. Because <laughs> I, the, word, the, word, the word spite came to mind because um, – you know, you and I have worked together a long time, and and you are, you know, an incredible designer, and I've learned about good design from working with you. But um, but I have also worked with, you know, temperamental designers who, when you just keep <laughs> pounding on them and say, I need something functional, it's like, fine. Then I'm going to give you, like, something that's ugly and completely functional just because just I can't have my way. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think there was a little bit of that in this. But but putting that aside, there may be the best helmet design ever for an Arizona jersey this year. They've got this really beautiful matte, metallic matte blue, dark navy blue with just like this metallic red A on it. It looks mm-hmm. really good. looks really nice. I'm very excited about that helmet. No, it does, it does look good. And... Um... And uh, the stars, Michael Lev, um, actually did a did an informal poll um, asking what people thought of the new Arizona football uniforms. It looks like 41% said good, not great. Um, 31% not, said not what I was hoping for. So it's um, kind of right there in the middle. Yeah. Well, to be expected, to be expected. Well, let's drive up the road to Tempe here and talk about the Sun Devils, I need to uh, apologize to the Devil fans because I had no idea what was going on at running back last episode. Um, and, again, I I have to read a lot of stuff because I don't follow the Devils closely. And, they're, honestly, their fan sites are terrible. They all have all this misinformation that hasn't been updated. But I did read an article in AZ Central um, for the Arizona Republic, and they really talked a lot about some skill position players that are good. Kalen Ballage, he's a senior running back, not a freshman, and uh, <laughs> a little different. But, he, you know, he did have eight touchdowns in week two. 
uh, over Texas Tech last year. He uh, he was pretty good. And so he'll be an interesting threat. They also have Demario Richard. And, uh, and really the great thing for Richard is people kind of look at Ballage, and he's featured in the ASU offense. Um, but he's still a guy who's going to contribute, and he's a good change of pace. He's a smaller guy. And so they've got that. And then they also have this five-star guy out of Chandler. Um, and he was, he's 6'4", caught 58 passes for almost 700 yards, five touchdowns. He rushed for two scores. He could be a big-time Pac-12 playmaker this season. And Keel Harry. So uh, they've got some skill position guys if they can get them the ball. Yeah, the skill position is the skill positions are great. Um, unlike unlike Arizona, the schedule is not uh, not quite as forgiving for them for them because they do play both uh, Stanford and Washington. Unlike Arizona, uh, which kind of gives the Wildcats a little bit of an edge. But I can't remember if they're playing USC. Uh, well, and they're playing USC. So, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you got to feel for Graham here because you've got you've got three games here on the schedule that, on paper, lo- it looks like you're starting the season zero and three. I mean, obviously those games are not consecutive, but but you're you're working from a schedule that looks like it's o it's zero and three, and then you fill in whatever wins you can get. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, you know, at least they have a new video board. You know, they, they took out all those seats because no one was sitting in them. And I still think State Farm paid them off to do it because State Farm built all these buildings back there behind the stadium. And then when they took all the seats out, now you can see all these State Farm logos on all the buildings. So I think there's something to that. And uh, State Farm's always been a big collegiate advertiser, so I don't. I just feel like there's a little incentive there. But now they have this giant video board, and uh, and in classic Sun Devil fashion, they designed it to be uh, one inch bigger than Arizona's stadium, so they'd have something to brag about. <laughs> so. Why well, I'm I'm still I'm still amazed in looking at at the Arizona stadium uh, video board, because it, it is disproportionately large to the stadium. And I honestly, uh, there's going to be some kind of radiation uh, poisoning or something that's going to start turning up because that thing is so bright. and You almost have to wear sunglasses if you're down there in the stands and turn around and look at that thing. Um, I mean, it's, it's impressive. <laughs> But I, I didn't realize ASU had come up with one that was one inch bigger just to have that. I think that's a, that's a little case of video board envy. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> you know, when you keep losing the territorial cup, you have to find other ways to have bragging rights. And maybe the the slightly big, bigger video board, even though you had to take out 20,000 seats to put it in, maybe that will be um, be good for them. So. Well, I'm looking. I'm looking. To, yeah, and I'm looking to see. Okay, so the the fans who are coming and seeing to get treated to the new big video board at Sun Devil Stadium, which is, uh, you know, um, 
anecdotally uh, right next to the draw backwards office uh, as we know we, we always have we always have a prime viewing spot of the stadium um, yep. so the fans will get treated to New Mexico State uh, San Diego State mm, they'll have a home tasty. game against they'll have a home game against Oregon um, which could be interesting They'll be hosting Washington. Uh, they may want to look away from the video boards for that one. Uh, they'll be hosting USC. I mean, at, at least at least they're hosting Washington and USC, right? Yeah. They'll be hosting. hosting they'll be hosting Colorado, mm. and uh, they will be hosting the Wildcats. So, so you know, I guess I guess if you and they, they have to play at Stanford. So I guess for their their big three games, at least two of those games are, are on their home turf. Yeah. Yeah. Good for them. I think it'll be good. Um, and I guess I'll probably go to that Arizona ASU game. So I'll get to check out the video board live. Uh, <laughs> okay, cool. Well, I don't really have a whole lot more to say about ASU football. We're just going to have to wait and see. The secondary is the concern. Um, if they can't stop anybody, it's just it's just going to be an embarrassing score every week. Yeah, and we'll, 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 we'll actually get to preview uh, ASU before we see the Wildcats because they're going to be playing on Thursday. They're going to be kicking off the season on Thursday against New Mexico State, and uh, they'll be on the Pac-12 network. So we'll be able to tune in even before Arizona hits the field and get a sense of what they look like. Nice. Yeah, and then Arizona, they will face off against the NAU Lumberjacks, but you're going to have to stay up late for that one, Sean, because it's an 8 p.m. kick at Arizona Stadium. I know. It's I, the, the thing about those 8 p.m. kickoffs is they're, by the time I get out and then fight the traffic um, in the parking garage, um, there's there's nowhere to get a bite to eat because you know all the all the places that serve food close at 10 p.m. Yeah, uh, so that is a crime in Tucson. You can't even get like an EG's on the way back to Phoenix after the game because literally no, you, everything is closed. Yeah, you're 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 basically you're basically stuck with uh, like Carl's Jr. McDonald's and. Um, in a lot of cases, not even a good like fast food taco or something, and unless you're talking about a run to the border at Taco Bell, which um, yes. is is kind of a a travesty in a, in a near border town that you go for Taco Bell instead of real you know fast Mexican food. Oh, yes. All right. So, Sean, what are your predictions for Week One, Sun Devils and Wildcats? Well, I think uh, the great thing about week one predictions is they're usually against opponents that even the opponents don't really expect to, to win. So I think we'll see both the Wildcats and the Sun Devils at 1-0. and I think the bigger thing to watch is just who can actually get their business done, get the kinks out, and it, not treat it like a scrimmage, but, you know, treat it like – and. The, Obviously, they're not going to treat it like a scrimmage, but at least not perform like a scrimmage. And actually, yeah. you know, in their minds, play like they're playing against an Alabama or a USC or a, you know, a Washington or a Stanford. Yep, I think that we will have uh, 
two undefeated teams, Arizona and ASU. I'll go ahead and do score predictions. I'm going to take ASU 56-14 over New Mexico State. And I'm going to take Arizona at 63-21 over NAU. I think there's going to be some points put up on the scoreboards this weekend. Well, I'm going to say for ASU something like uh, 32-24. to And for, for, for Arizona... I'm going to say I could see us at, a, at like a, a, 40, a 42 to 21 game. Nice. Well, we'll take that. All right. So with college football coming this weekend, I think it's going to be great, even though it is so hot still. You know, it doesn't feel like uh, fall it doesn't feel like football season in Arizona. It's still like 110 degrees outside today. But uh, the balls will be flying in the air. There will be some fun games to be seen, and we'll go from there. So for episode three, we're cutting it off at a half-hour format. We'll see if uh, our listeners like this new half-hour format. We gave you the college football preview and predictions. Remember to follow us on anchor.fm slash desert-league. You can ask questions and leave messages on the Anchor app or feel free to send us emails or posts wherever you may be. And uh, for Ward Andrews and Sean Fitzpatrick, this is the Desert League. All right, Ward. I'm signing off from the South Bureau. And uh, as always, go Cats. Bear down.